Awesome. Well, welcome back to the Live Loud Life podcast. Uh, today, I'm sitting down with Jenny Johnson, uh, and we are going to be talking about her uh, new- newish. Did it first start 2020. 2020. Okay, 20. So newish, but been around for a few years. Uh, but what they're doing in the local community, East Boulder County, Weld County, uh, with biking and family. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, talk to us a little bit. Uh, it's called Cycle Erie. What yeah, is Cycle, Cycle Erie? Cycle Erie, uh, the name was sort of tossed out there. It's French for the word cycling. So that's kind of a play on words, cyclerie. Oh, okay. I didn't know that at the time because I'm a Spanish person more than a French person, but that was kind of a fun twist. And then, um, but it's cycle Erie, meaning, you know, based in Erie, tried to circle around the Erie community, mm-hmm. but also we get a lot of people from Lafayette and Broomfield. And um, yeah, I just, I created it uh, probably in 2019. It had been brewing for a while, but 2020 was when we launched it. And um I always had neighborhood kiddos coming over to our house and we were constantly just, I don't know, exploring together on the bike. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of the fun mom. Yeah. And, but it was something I loved to do. So I thought, you know, a lot of these kiddos aren't getting the chance to go outside or maybe their parents are busy or they're usually just turning to an iPad or the TV yeah. screen. Yeah. And just... I started researching it and there's a huge, huge decline in kids outdoors and that organic play, which is so important in life. And as children, especially, um, if you try to speak to a kiddo about climate change when they're seven or, um, you know, environmental uh, facts, you're just not going to get anywhere with a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old. So, or as young, our campers are as young as three and four. So, but getting them outside in nature and having that experience, just, I don't know. It it um, invests a value in them, I think, for future appreciation of the outdoors and just being a kiddo and playing. And so that's how Cycleary started. Yeah. And then the bike aspect of it is so cool because we're able to get from point A to point B much faster than we would walking or hiking. Yeah. So it's just more kids on bikes and you get more adults on bikes by getting more uh, kids on bikes. So that's my philosophy is just getting more people outside and nature and building confidence. So what are, so, uh, walk me through a little bit, like, so they're on bikes and you, are you guys, is, I, so I think you just had a camp that just ended. Yeah. So we have multiple camps. Um, right now this summer we had two, so we have a learn to pedal camp okay. for the really young kids That's that are cool. just still on a strider or maybe on training wheels and, uh, or it could be older kiddos that just haven't learned yet. Yeah. And we'll usually break those age groups up. Yeah, yeah. But there's a learn to pedal camp that's Monday through Thursday, three hours in the morning. And then we have another camp, which is an alternating weeks called Adventure Bike Camp. And that's where what I was talking to you about, um, where we go somewhere. We have a destination. Okay. Yeah. We usually meet at Star Meadows Park in Erie and we ride to various nature areas. And then the last day of camp is uh, ice cream day. Nice. So Dairy Queen usually, but we try to hit up some other yeah. local spots if they're open at 10 a.m. Right, because that's right, when yeah. we get there. <laughs> Not many yeah. are. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, and I think that, I mean, obviously that kind of self develop or starting to develop in 2019, but then 2020 launch, if you will. I think that came around at a good time because so many kids were then yet put indoors for longer periods of time, mm-hmm. having to catch up with school based on COVID and everything, just being stuck and or, you know, they're kind of like hesitant about 
play dates because it was inside. Right. So it's like this is all outdoors. It's all exploration. And I think that's so. I think that's so important too because so much of what we try to at least encourage for other parents, or at least for our own kids, is just that exploration model of just you know seeing where things kind of go and develop. Yeah, I mean, I I was devastated honestly in 2020 because I had been brainstorming this idea for several years, really since my oldest, who's now almost 10, started riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever March 1st, I was going to launch it 2020. And then the, that was right when the pandemic really was in starting to become full swing. Yeah. And I was just crushed. But like you were saying, turns out there was a bike boom, a whole bike, what are they calling it? Evolution or revolution. Yeah. That's happened. You couldn't buy bikes anywhere. Couldn't buy bikes anywhere because so many families were getting out on bikes Yeah, and kids' bikes we're booming. I um I also sell children's bikes. Oh, cool. It's not my primary business yeah. at all. It's just more of a complimentary yeah, yeah. aspect for kiddos that are at camp. But yeah. It and, crazy. Those, is it like specific types or is it like striders for just like introductory type of stuff? It's kid specific bikes anywhere from the strider size, which mm-hmm. would be the 12 inch size tire, all the way up to 26 inch tires for okay. the older kids. So yeah. pretty much any kiddo that's not yet able to fit an adult bike. Yeah. We've so, uh, that being said, uh, obviously your passion for biking and kids, how would you, I mean, obviously I think most people know striders like the thing to do, but why is that such a beneficial tool for kids learning how and, or as a sidebar to mm-hmm. that, uh, should they be using training wheels at some point in time? Yeah. So I, you know, I hate to say it's one way or another, because if you're willing to get your kiddo outside, like whatever Fair. works for your family. Yep. However, from a an expert's point of view, <laughs> uh, training wheels are a lot harder to teach, um, to, to balance. Mm-hmm. If they've been on training wheels before, I can always tell at camp mm-hmm. which ones are the strider kids and which ones are the training wheels. Because yep. training wheels are essentially converting your bike to a, a tricycle. Yeah. You're not really learning to balance. So. Yep. If you can't get a strider that's even your size for your kiddo, if say they're seven and they haven't rode yet, you can always take the pedals off of Mm -hmm. any bike and Mm -hmm. turn it into a strider bike. And that's much more beneficial teaching them to use certain core muscles and balance rather than leaning from side to side. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. Now I do have a, a another catch that because a few of well, uh, my oldest, what he struggled with was he he could kill it on the strider. Like he could go down hills and uh-huh. do everything. But the point when then trying to get him on the pedals, he never could understand like propulsion was all like this. How do you then encourage kids from a propulsive mechanism to being here grabbing your feet and pushing versus understanding how the how the pedals actually work? Yeah. Um it's tricky. So you um we it's incremental, right? Mm-hmm. Just like with anything. So a lot of repetition there is sometimes an option to bring a like a trainer bike, a stationary style bike uh, that we can set up. Yeah, where the bike is still stationary, but the kiddos are on the saddle, getting that motion without yeah. going anywhere or with risk of falling, just like an adult does at spin class or on a peloton. It's yep. a stationary bike; it teaches them the different cadences. But when they're really young, that's hard for some of that to click. So yeah. we just incrementally um, go from picking our feet up, gliding, frog jumping. And then eventually they're putting one foot on the pedal. So yeah. it may just start with that quick, they have a dominant side, right? And then mm-hmm. it just natural progression. And over usually our camps are four days. The private lessons I'll do are usually three to five lessons, yeah. 30 minutes each. And it, it's just that 
small incremental repetition. And well, the good thing about kids too is like they catch on to things most of you fairly quick when you have the repetition yeah. is mm-hmm. they, they just get it so fast. Yeah. Well, it was funny speaking of ice cream, my oldest, he was being a stinker about, we got on this cause he wanted to, he wanted a new bike. So we got him a new bike. It was bigger, all this great stuff. And he was kind of intimidated by it. And, you know, we kept asking him, it was like weeks until he even wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's into bribery. We're like, Hey, we'll go get you ice cream. If you go ride your bike. And this was Saturday at 8am. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, let's go do it. We went outside and he wrote it like he's been doing it for like a year. Just like that. He just took off. Yeah. Just I, a little it, incentive. And I, I hate to call it. Yeah, it is bribery. And it almost always works. But I think part of it too is just autonomy, like giving them, they have the power in the vehicle to get to where they want to go. And once they figure that out, it's pretty, pretty inspiring. I think for them, even as an adult, like I, you know, I rode here and it's pretty nice. Oh, I mean, I, I wish, well, that's, I think the hard part, as you had mentioned with kids, like in commuting and stuff, sometimes you can't have that opportunity. I I would love to be able to commute every day to work just on the Mm -hmm. bike. I think it's such an amazing, I did it in college. I lived at CU Boulder. Okay. I did, I had, I had a car. I think I put like a thousand miles on my car in like the four years I was in college. I never drove anywhere. I rode my bike everywhere. That's nice. And you run into people organically that you wouldn't yeah. in a car. Because we're, when we're in a car, we're... Yeah, you shut off from everything. Not to say that I commute everywhere. I still use my no. car yeah. a ton with three kiddos and multiple pickups and we do activities in Boulder. But um, just having that ability when you have the time to go on your bike... It's pretty, pretty cool. So being now, uh, so you guys moved from Texas. You guys, how many years have you guys been here? Since 2018. 2018. So four years. So figuring out the area, I think a lot of people like to know too, what are some of the more family friendly, most trails around here are family friendly, but it could also be just also like elevation gain Mm -hmm. and things like that. What are some of your favorite trails around here to take, let's say like a family that either has someone on a strider and or learning to pedal yeah. So it's not too intense. Yeah. And you can, um, for, I guess before I get to the location specific, you can bring a bike trailer and maybe get your kiddo to pedal halfway Yeah, with the agreement like, hey, if you get tired, the bike trailer's here. We can throw your small bike, you know, safely in there with you and yep. get from point A to point B. But we, I mean, the Cold Creek Trail is very flat and mm-hmm. docile. Um, if you're looking for more of a mountain bike trail... Uh, Heil, Heil Valley Ranch, H-E-I-L, Heil. Not, mm-hmm. I, people get it confused with Hall. Heil Valley and Boulder, they have a fun schoolhouse loop. Which oh, okay. Is for kids. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a mountain bike trail. So I probably I would think starting at like age, well, I mean, four, maybe even Boulder. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. Kids yeah some of those kids here. are crazy. <laughs> yeah, if your kid has never been on a mountain bike trail, um, it, it's a good starting point. There is some elevation gain, but Valmont Bike Park is great too. Yeah, we love that one. Just to test out your skills and then you're not far from home. The cars usually, yeah. you know, they're in the parking lot and you need to go grab a snack. But just, I guess the main thing is always bring snacks. <laughs> That's what we always say at camp, like ride, snack, you know, game, yeah. ride, snack, game. Um, and yeah, Cold Creek Trail. And also just if you have bike paths in your neighborhood, we have several um, where we are, but it's kind of easy if you can go from the house or find a quick path to school before you take your kiddo out, maybe mm-hmm. do some of your own research. And yeah, I just say, keep it simple and try to find somewhere fun that has a destination. It doesn't have to be ice cream. We have a ton of fun. The kids love just finding any kind of water. Yeah. Water is key. Anything yeah. they can splash. A little river or creek. It could, yeah. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. One, uh, have you heard of the toey strap? That just reminded me. Yeah, I have. I haven't used one. Yeah. 
that was a, a huge game changer for us for okay. Bowden, uh, my oldest, yeah. for some of our rides because he could go far. And he actually, it was crazy at four, four and a half. We we love going to Frisco, okay, uh, uh. where the marina is, and we would ride from Frisco to Breck. Mm-hmm. And his little legs, he rode from Frisco to Breck and back. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Was like ten miles round trip, uh, but some of those hills were tough. Yeah, and elevations different too. Elevations different too. So the toe strap is a retractable toe strap, which is huge because what we had used previously did not retract, and it almost got caught up in the tires. Right. So that's super helpful. But even just small little things, we're just like, hey, do you need a boost? Hook up, and then yeah, pull them over the hedge, edge. You can go. So that's, that's been smart. a fantastic tool to have. I you probably don't want to hear this being a chiropractor, but I I tend to like push them up by oh. grabbing their shoulders, which is so bad probably for no, your back I and body. <laughs> I do the same thing too. Cause oftentimes you don't want to hook it up. And I'm like, Oh, what did I do? Oh, yeah. that's right. I pumped so the kid up the hill. And you're pushing them. Yeah. I'm riding up the hill, pushing their back. We call it giving it a boost. Like, do you, yeah. do you need a boost? And yeah. I'll do it for kids at camp too. Yeah. There are, even though it is eerie and there are still some, some significant hills yeah. that are no. tough for kids that that's the other aspect is getting a quality lightweight bike is pretty key because imagine if you or I were trying to ride an 80 pound bike somewhere. Yeah. But that's the the weight to power ratio that we're dealing with in some of the big box store bikes. Mm-hmm. And you would never expect, you know, yourself to be able to do that. And we're expecting our children to do that in uphills. And yeah, well, so that's a good point. So talk about some of the, you had mentioned spikes you sell, because that was some of the things we ran into is first and foremost, A, it was kind of tough. Like when you have a kid, you're like, well, it seems crazy to spend X amount on a bike when they're A, growing out of it fast or yeah. B, just learning. Uh, but it has made a significant difference because some of the ones we had, A, they were heavy, mm-hmm. B, being that they were used, not really tuned up well. So bearings are very dry and gritty. Yeah. Pain is, you know, crap to say the least. Uh, and, you know, when you're thinking about it, it's just like, man, they're and, and not even also having gears, their, their torque output or, or right. force output based on torque is significantly changed. So it makes it so much harder for them, even when they're just trying to learn. So what do you guys yeah. recommend? I, you know... If you can find a good used bike, if you don't have the budget, because some of these entry-level kids' bikes, say for a four- or five-year-old, can be three or $400 yeah. that are the high-quality bikes. Yep. If you don't have that upfront money, if you could look for a good quality used bike um, and you know, obviously take it to the bike shop and make sure everything is functioning and safe. Yeah. Tuned up. Yeah, but if you do have the ability to get into that, the four or $500, three depending on the size market, you can buy that, hand it down to siblings, mm-hmm. or a lot of the resale value is excellent on the higher quality bikes. So true. you almost always get back at least 50% of what you paid for. Yeah. So if you, I don't want to drop any name brands, but um, I would just say if they're kid-specific design, not something from the bigger box stores, yeah, they're yeah. designed specifically for children, meaning like the brake levers are the right size yep. because so many times you just go into these big stores and the brake levers, it's a flashy looking, beautiful bike, Yeah, they can't even grab. but they can't even brake and stop. I've seen that so many times at camp, the kids or their parents will come to me like, oh, they're just really timid. And I look and they can't even yeah. stop on their own because the brakes are adult levers. Um, that's a good point. That they just throw on a kid's bike and then throw it on the shelf and sell yeah. it with the cute basket. Yeah. Uh, that being said, do you, is it easier for kids? Cause, uh, do most kids bike from an early standpoint, do they start with a coaster brake or are they trying to get more to lever brakes? Cause I found 
maybe it's because the levers are too big, but I feel mm-hmm. like just the grip strength of kids yeah. is kind of challenging to pull levers. So is that partially why they have coaster brake sales? Are coaster brakes advantageous? Because yeah. I feel like that kind of throws them off yeah, going back I, and I forth. I personally don't like coaster brakes. Okay. But even some of the higher quality brands will put a coaster brake on their teeny tiny bike. Uh-huh. Um, but when you're going downhill or if you're in any kind of loose gravel, the coaster brake can cause you to skid. Yeah, yeah. And when kids are naturally trying to find that cadence and that yeah. pedal forward, a lot of times they'll pedal backwards. Yeah. And then they stop and they don't know what's going on. Yep. But you, I mean, you and I probably grew up with coaster brakes. Oh, I We're obviously it. totally <laughs> fine. Like we learned, I didn't learn until I was you know, a little bit older, five, but yeah. you see, you see these two and three year olds riding and they're able to grab the handbrake. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot really of, you can adjust the brake yeah. too on the kid brake so they can grab them a little bit easier, but. Well, and there is, if you have a bike that has coaster brakes, there's a way to take the coaster brakes out. It's actually not that hard. Yeah. You just YouTube it. You just take apart the hub and you just take the pads out. Yeah. A lot of the companies that I, that I sell, they have a free wheel kit. If it comes with a coaster brake, oh, you, there you can go. buy the free wheel kit out. and swap it out whenever your kiddo even better is ready for that handbrake set. But I, mo- all the bikes that I use to teach with at camp and in my experience teaching tons of kiddos, they're um, absolutely fine with the handbrake. Even some Strider bikes now that have no pedals come with a yeah, handbrake. Yeah, they can practice. Just to teach them that because it's, the stopping power is also so much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, they can stop a lot faster with handbrakes than they do that that coaster brake action. And I think just, I like you had said, the coaster brake, as they're trying to learn that cadence, is just so confusing when they're thinking pedals move, I go forward, but then they yeah. go backwards and then they stop and it just throws them all off. Yeah. That's been, that was, that was at least one of the tougher things for our kids. My son though, now that he knows how to do it, he loves coaster brakes. It's like what we used to do. You could just get it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You can do those with handbrakes too, but. (laughs) True, true. Uh, So one camp just ended. How often do these camps run? So normally it's just the summer. Okay. In 2020, when school was out of session, we, we did fall programming and a lot longer summer session. uh, But with the weather yeah. In Colorado in October, it can be dicey. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we ended up having to cancel a few later fall sessions. But um, yeah, let's, I might do a fall program. Yeah. Um, 90% sure of that, just waiting for staff. Like I'm, I'm always unsure of, you know, the staff that we have is usually college kiddos transitioning yep. off to college or they just graduated high school and they move out of Erie yeah, yeah. Off, off to school. So once, um, once we get our staffing figured out, then we go ahead and open the program. So it'll okay. probably start in like September, October, and it would just be four or six weeks, once okay. a week. So in the summer we do pretty much daily, Monday through Thursday, yeah. nine to 12. And then the fall would be once a week, just like you would go to dance class weekly yeah. or soccer practice weekly. So that'd be like an evening class, not yeah. weekend. Yeah. It'd be an afternoon, probably like four to five thirty is what we've done in the past. Cool, cool. So, yeah. And do you guys ever go up to the Erie Bike Park with the age group? Yeah, we do. Um, nice. Our our summer camp this year, we always have. Naturally, there's sometimes more of an advanced group, mm-hmm. and then there's a group that's a little more cautious, and so those those break out into two different age groups, advanced and beginner. So the advanced group this year, they went to the the pump track. Cool. Because they're able to ride longer too. Yeah. So from Star Meadows Park, it's probably, I would say, five to six miles round trip to get oh, to wow. the pump track yeah, and yeah. Then back. So um, the group that wanted to hang out closer to home, we we did that. Yeah. And still explored and saw, you know, uh, 
we didn't go to the ice cream store that day, but we went nature discovery. And then the older kids were like, we really want to go to the pump track. So we made it happen. Cool. Sort of let them decide what they're going to do. And there's a safe route to get there. And yeah. That's awesome. So the the pump track's really fun. Yeah. But it is is one of those places where you just have to know the rules. Yeah. yeah. Know which way to go because there can be other kids there and it can be dangerous. Yeah. I've seen a couple collisions there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it is fun, man. The kids love that. It's such a fun thing for them to do. Yeah. And it's a great starting point too. If you are thinking about doing some mountain biking. Yeah. Like the pump track's a great way to just get used to the hills and gravity and. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, I know it's kind of in the infancy. Well, not infancy. It's been around for a couple of years. But uh, what are some of the, do you have any other plans or things with it moving forward that you want to be able to do with it? Yeah. Um, I would like to get more grownups involved. So yeah. we've we've thought about doing, especially. I think, I think that'd be huge. Because I know yeah. like my, I mean, my wife knows how to ride a bike, but, you know, we've tried doing some mountain biking and stuff. And she's just like, I just don't really know how to like approach or right. deal with even obstacles and things like that. No, I mean, a hundred percent. If I, I learned a mountain bike in Texas. <laughs> so mountain biking in Colorado, I had to step up my game yeah. big time. <laughs> so I can see why the barrier to entry is there because yeah. mountain biking trails in Colorado aren't green trails always. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, it's, and you, ha- and there's this, this machine that you have to learn how to operate and make sure the tires are aired up and the chains lubed and everything has to be dialed, then that's half the battle just to get out on the trail. Mm -hmm. So I can see why there are a lot of people that are hesitant to get involved in the sport. So we've thought about having some clinics, obviously teaching Mm -hmm. families and parents, um, all right, here's what to do if you get a flat tire. Mm -hmm. Here's a flat tire clinic. If if something were to come up, we're going to give you the tools so you feel empowered to go out there. Something were to happen, you can change your flat. Um, also just basics in mountain biking classes, maybe just starting out with trail etiquette. Like if someone's a good point. coming <laughs> up behind you and you feel panicked or nervous, like, you know, you don't have to get over right away. Like you yeah. get over when it's safe and yeah. announce when you're coming, just basic trail etiquette, just to feel comfortable. And then we'll get to maybe more of like the small drops or yeah, yeah. <laughs> going over big, you know, big hills or yeah. big rocks and roots. But yeah, that's how I see it moving forward is doing some group rides, yeah, family group rides, then maybe some clinics, especially more for um, the moms that are involved because there's so many moms that come to me saying, I don't even know what bike to buy. Mm-hmm. What is like, what about the bike trailer and what do I need to connect a bike trailer to my bike? Like, there's a lot of details. Yeah. And I'm always trying to remember, okay, not everyone's been doing this for 10 years and this is new to everyone. So what may seem easy for some people, I just try to break it down and make it open to everyone because there are so many people in the last two years that have gotten into cycling with the pandemic. And it's sad to think that their equipment's just sitting in their garage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because they're, you know, feeling stumped. So. Well, I think that was the thing too. We saw a lot of people just like, what do I do? And then just bought it. And like you said, just kind of sits there and not, not actually being used. Yeah. So we're we're thinking about not just thinking, we are planning some programming yeah. to have that happen. Then we're gonna have then, some races and all of that. Yeah, too. we just need a location yeah. to have a hub to get this all started. And then the oh man, I have so many ideas for the racing. Um, I would like to like to call it events more than racing. But, yeah, yeah. Great. No, yeah, events great. It's love, you know, some kids just love the competition piece oh, of yeah. it. And I 
you know, just having, giving to kids what we would have as adults, like a little podium and some yeah. medals and just fun prizes, you know, For quality sure. giveaways. So that's also on the radar too. But That'd be awesome. Yeah. The single track is a little dicey to have a race there. Mm -hmm. For some kids, it can be intimidating, but um, it could be somewhere in like a flat field. It doesn't have to have huge hills or jumps. So yeah. if anyone has any recommendations or any opportunities that they're aware of, yeah. please connect with me because... I'm looking for some opportunity to do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep my eyes over that because yeah. there's some. Inter I actually saw, I don't even know, uh, speaking of, well, races, there was an obstacle course race I recently saw mm -hmm. on some random farm in East Erie, like like near I-25. Interesting. It's, yeah. It was off a of county road. It was off, it was off of Erie Parkway. Okay. And south of that. And I was just like, what are all these people doing? And they were running an obstacle course race out there. Okay. It may have been the recess factory. Oh, Okay. I, I, didn't a, look yeah. up, I didn't look up what it was. I just saw an obstacle course. I, I was like, this seems super random. It's open anymore, but it okay. used to be like a mud run type setup yeah. out well, there. Yeah, this was only like a month ago. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to um, I th I'll have to connect you with that person, but I'm pretty sure yeah, that could cool. have been what it is. Okay. But yeah, but it was on foot, right? Like a foot. Yeah, yeah. It was just a bunch. It was, yeah, it was exactly like okay. what you would see, like a Tough Mudder or a Spartan race, but it was just yeah, like those from this, popular. this field out there. Because I know the Rad Rover event that the town does is really popular. Rad like, Rover? I've not mm -hmm. heard of that. What is that? So Rad Rover, the town of Erie, uh, they do that every, I think it's July. Okay. It might be coming up this, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on the dates, but it, last year it was in July, about this time. I think they used to try to have like a kids triathlon oh, and it cool. wasn't as successful. Yeah. And so they just focused more on keeping it simple, the mm -hmm. Red Rover, mm -hmm. like one sport. And that seemed to do really well. So that's, that's a biking yeah. event? No, sorry. It's a, it's an obstacle course event. Oh, okay. I and gotcha. it's put on by the town of Erie. But I would like to do something like Rad Rover, but only do the bike. Yeah, I got Instead you. of incorporating any kind of like swim bike run, like just yeah. keeping it simple for kids. I think that's key. <laughs> yeah, limit the variables. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But a kid, a kids triathlons do happen, but there's a lot involved to getting For that. sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also from just, yeah, set up, but liability issues with water and stuff. That's a whole nother game. Yeah. And I think just exposing kids to that, I don't know, not even competition, but just, Hey, like my neighbor's doing this. Like this isn't, this is a normal thing. Like we go out and we run together and we have fun and we high five at the end. And yeah, like, I don't know, for me, that's, I'm not super fast, but I love doing little races, yeah, cyclocross events and things like that. Well, I didn't even think of, I mean, I just think of too, like, uh, we did the, um, the turkey trot last year in yeah. Like our kids had a blast and it's the thing that everybody does every, there's five K trots and races all the time, but there's really not. And granted, I think it's harder to structure bike events like that because mm -hmm. there's road closures and things like that from, from a kid's perspective, they love anything like that. Yeah. And it can be small. It doesn't have to For be sure. anything grandiose. And, um, I don't know. I just love the community aspect of events like that. Whether mm -hmm. whether I'm going fast that day or not, I yeah. just like at the end, you know, everyone's hanging out. It's family oriented, so I, I foresee that for Erie. Have you done the Venus de Mile since being out here? No, no, no. I I do cyclocross. Oh, okay. And I actually, funny enough, my my kiddo got me into that last fall. Yeah, because it's basically like riding a road bike on gravel. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a unique kind of yeah, you torture in a way. To jump over obstacles. Yeah, you, crazy stuff. Not, yeah, you carry your bike. Yeah. So I primarily mountain bike. I do some road biking, um, but racing, uh, the cyclocross was really fun. Yeah. So That's and it's, cool. and most of them are in Boulder. I would love to see one in Erie. Yeah. Because the cyclocross races have 
uh, men's, women's, and little kids. And so it's a family event that everyone can do on a Saturday. And yeah. well, I think they could do it. They just need to find, well, there's enough open permitting and yeah. getting people out to Erie. I think a lot of people in Lafayette, too, I think a lot of people think this area is still like cows and pastures. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's such a, such a market for, for young families. And I don't know, it would be great yeah. to not have to drive into Boulder for every, for every outdoor event. event. Yeah. True, true. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all those things come up. I think that's going to be yeah. awesome. And uh, we'll keep eye open for what happens for fall. Uh, and so I, I should say before I forget, because I'm always bad about this, uh, how do people learn more? Where do they find more information? How do they connect with you? If they wanted to get into the camps or just okay. stay in the loop about when camps are, when events are, so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's cycleary.net. Uh, C-Y-C-L-E-R-E. Like it is, yeah. dot net. Not the French version. Yeah, right? cycleary.net. And I'm most active on Instagram. Okay. Uh, it's at cycleary. Yeah. So you can find me there. I'm Jenny Johnson. I have a Facebook page as well and a website cool. that has all of the program information. So we always have summer programs. The registration usually opens March 1st. And if you're ever interested in private lessons or getting a group of kids together too, good point. Yeah, we do that year round as long as it's not too cold. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> there's not snow on the ground. We'll usually have our bikes out that's as a, a family. Thing yeah, about Colorado, yeah. you can do that. And then, do you guys have uh, like a newsletter or anything, or is that where most things are announced? Like if there are group rides or anything coming up or anything like that? Yeah. Um, we're actually kicking off a newsletter this fall. Perfect. Previously had had just relied on social media, yep. but I know a lot of times that can just be inundating with so many events. So the newsletter and direct email is, is going to be our next method of communication for, for bigger events. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for spending time and sharing about this. I think this is awesome. I can't wait to see what, how it builds and grows. Cause we're, we're huge on, uh, like just family bike rides together too. Like we have, I mean, we have the trailer, we have the towy. We love packing up and just be like, Hey, we're going to go somewhere new ride, see what happens. So this is, this is amazing yeah. that you're doing it. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Of course.